Welcome to the U.S.-China Insights Podcast from the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. In this episode, Scott Kennedy, Senior Advisor of the Freeman Chair in China Studies at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, discusses the effects of Huawei's emergence as a major telecoms company. What is Huawei, and why has it come under suspicion in the United States? Huawei is one of the world's largest telecom companies. Uh, it is China's most successful high-tech company. It's about 30 years old. Uh, it started making uh, relatively backward uh, switching equipment for telecom networks, and over the years it's developed a whole suite of technologies from uh, routers and servers that work in networks to uh, handsets and, and cell phones, uh, even very fancy ones, uh, to apps that run things. They provide all types of services that businesses and governments use. Um, the reason uh, uh, many Americans and, and folks in Western governments are worried about Huawei uh, are, first of all, uh, the background of the company. Uh, it's a private company, but it's started by uh, Ren Zhengfei, who uh, worked as an engineer in, in the People's Liberation Army. Uh, and there may be other personnel links between the company and the Chinese government, different parts of the Chinese government. But it's more important than just these personnel ties. It is actually what Huawei is, has done or may do, uh, which really has people uh, concerned. The first uh, is Huawei has uh, been accused of and actually uh, admitted to uh, in the past uh, stealing intellectual property from uh, Western companies. And, let, and so it committed this at least original sin, and some people think it's still engaged in it. If you look at the indictment brought against Huawei in January, earlier this year, you'll see that they had a, apparently in a program that rewarded employees uh, for successfully obtaining technology from other companies. Uh, the second reason people are concerned about Huawei is that it does business in parts of the world that are subject to American sanctions, uh, and apparently Huawei has uh, violated those sanctions, uh, and so that's another reason people are concerned about it. The third reason, uh, and one that's probably getting more attention now and is more enduring issue, is the idea that there is uh, a uh, stuff inside Huawei equipment that allows them to see into your data, to violate your privacy of individuals, of governments, of companies, and that it's intentionally there, or that they could uh, uh, flip some switch and make your network collapse or have something else horrendous happen uh, to you, uh, that it's something that the company is intentionally has in there or in combination with the Chinese government intentionally has, is doing this. The third reason, or the fourth reason, uh, is, is not that Huawei is doing something intentionally harmful, but that it is a major telecom company of a strategic competitor of the United States, and simply by the existence of its equipment in Western networks, um, that creates new vulnerabilities for Western governments, businesses, nonprofits, individuals. Those are the things that worry uh, people about Huawei. I think a lot of these worries are reasonable, uh, but what we still don't know is how severe the threat is from Huawei across each of these domains. And what we also don't know is, given those risks, uh, what would be the best policy alternatives? That's something that Washington and other capitals around the world are debating right now, uh, and we probably won't solve that debate uh, for some time. Huawei claims that Chinese law does not compel it to hand over user data. Is this accurate? I think the idea that Huawei has uh, never granted access to its equipment or the data that runs over its networks 
uh, is, is hard to believe because I think all telecom equipment providers have probably provided access to uh, their home government at some point along the way. Uh, it could be that the Chinese government, when they need access, go to telecom operators like China Mobile, China Telecom, China Unicom, uh, not the equipment providers. Uh, but that is just a lawyerly answer then that Huawei would give as opposed to the reality. I think people should assume that Chinese government uh, actively engages in trying to obtain information uh, from sources outside China uh, and some of that information sometimes is traveling over Huawei networks uh, and, and equipment and so uh, whether Huawei is explicitly involved in that or it's just simply the presence of their equipment which may make it somewhat easier uh, I think that's at least how we ought to most likely conceive of the issue and, and not pay so much attention to the type of press releases and, and statements that are coming from Huawei. How could the emergence of Huawei as a major telecoms company impact 5G technology worldwide? Huawei and 5G are deeply and closely tied to each other and will be for a long time. Uh, 5G stands for fifth generation uh, mobile telecommunications technologies. Uh, in the late 1990s, when the world was using second-generation mobile technologies, the Chinese just simply uh, paid royalties to telecom uh, companies uh, in Europe and the United States uh, to adopt those technologies into the Chinese market. Um, when when thir third-generation uh, wireless technologies came out, the Chinese developed their own standard alongside the Europeans and Americans and rolled those out through uh, China Mobile, one of China's telcos. Uh, modestly successful, but, but, but still basically just used inside China. Fourth generation, uh, which is what all of us, if you look at your phone and you see that 4G, it's what we're using now, uh, also called LTE. Chinese, including Huawei, big contributors to that technology. Um, and uh, China has a lot of Chinese, including Huawei, have IP in that. And every time a, a phone is sold or equipment is sold, uh, some of the royalties uh, go to uh, Huawei. Fifth generation technologies, uh, which have just been developed and are being developed now uh, for mobile, uh, will allow uh, super fast broadband communication, not just from uh, for movies and uh, streaming video and games that individuals can use, uh, but machine-to-machine -machine communication at, at unbelievably rapid speeds so that you can have autonomous vehicle networks or uh, distance uh, surgery or uh, virtual reality networks and things like that. Um, uh, and Huawei is deeply invested in 5G, the biggest contributor in terms of IP uh, to 5G. That all said, I think it's really important for people to know that 5G ain't ready yet. Uh, as much as there's been so much hype around it, uh, there is still no killer app yet for 5G. We've got the space in the tubes that carry data, the ones and zeros, uh, but we don't have a business model that is necessarily yet ready to figure out how we're going to uh, pay for this. Other than selling the equipment, the usage of the equipment, the apps, we d we're still several years from that. Uh, technological reasons, business model reasons, you think about autonomous vehicles, that's still a very small scale, it's not ready for prime time, um, and we don't have ways in which people are going to make money off of that just yet. So I think we still have seven to ten years uh, 
before 5G as not just a technology, but as a uh, applicate as applications is really ready. And that gives us a little bit more time, I think, to prepare to figure out how to respond to uh, Huawei uh, and uh, how important it is to the global economy. Does the current trade war have any impact on the U.S. government's actions toward Huawei? The core of this conflict uh, probably is around high tech, and Huawei is at the center of that. Uh, and so certainly uh, American officials in the Trump administration, uh, in Congress, are deeply concerned about um, the potential challenge that China presents in its high-tech drive. Not just the fact that China may be a high-tech power, but particularly the way it's going about being a high-tech power in terms of using industrial policy and protectionism to promote Chinese companies at the disadvantage of Western competitors and also potentially with uh, negative consequences for supply chains, for business models, for uh, technological development if uh, the Chinese continue to use this model. Uh, Huawei is connected to all of that. It's China's leading high-tech company. It's If you took Amazon, Microsoft, Intel, roll them all to one, that's how important Huawei is to China, even though it doesn't provide all of those services, but that's how important it is. Um, and, and so uh, China's um, quite defensive uh, about protecting Huawei, promoting it, um, and of course the U.S. Is, uh, and others are quite concerned about Huawei for exactly the same types of parallel reasons, uh, some of which I touched on before about Huawei and the type of activities it could be engaged in. So, um, the, however uh, the trade negotiations turn out in the coming weeks, uh, whether we get a deal or whether we don't get a deal, uh, the technology competition between the United States and China is going to continue into the future. Huawei will be at the center of that competition. We're going to try to figure out either how to manage that competition uh, or we're going to devolve into, uh, into a much more heated uh, high-tech conflict uh, whose boundaries are still unknown. Will the trade war become a larger technology war between China and the United States? The current trade tensions the U.S. and China have are partly about uh, market access and just can the U.S. sell as much as it should be able to sell to China, whether that's agricultural goods, industrial goods, services. That's something President Trump cares a lot about uh, and is a big part of the negotiations. Uh, in addition to that, though, the other part of the negotiations are really about China's economic system and industrial policy, um, which is now centered around China becoming a high-tech power. And uh, China uses a whole variety of industrial policies from financing, standard-setting competition policy, tariffs, you name the tool, the Chinese have it in their arsenal to promote domestic companies to obtain technology, engage in R&D, to scale up, to acquire market share in China, uh, to go abroad. Uh, China becoming a high-tech power in and of itself isn't really a threat to the United States and the West or other high-tech powers. It's how China's going about it. It's this usage of industrial policy in a very discriminatory way by a country, the scale of China, that creates problems for others. Uh, so uh, that's the worry. 
Uh, and Huawei is connected to that because Huawei receives certainly plenty of benefits from China um, in terms of industrial policy and support. Uh, and so uh, there's both a commercial concern as a result of industrial policy and how it could affect our, the global economy and the U.S. economy and jobs. There's also a national security concern since uh, our economic foundations are central to our national security foundations and our power, but also these technologies are often dual use, uh, and so it's particularly in telecom. And so these are, are, are not one and the same, but deeply linked. And if we get a deal uh, between the United States and, and China uh, this year over uh, trade, and we, we ink something, and President Trump and Xi shake hands, that will solve some of the economic issues, perhaps on the, the sales side, market access side. But these industrial policy issues, the high-tech competition, that is not going away. Because uh, China's system is not going to fundamentally change. And uh, uh, the US and China, uh, their level of strategic trust is about as low as it can be. And so that type of competition uh, is going to be there for a sustained period.